Square this weekend, right? Because that's why all the rest of us are here. If you're a guest with us this morning and you're going, who is that lady and why does she have the mic? My name is Rachel. I'm the executive pastor here. Our lead pastor is taking a cruise for his anniversary. And so um, on days like that, then I get the privilege to share God's word with you. We're in the middle of a series called Retold. And it's a, a series where we're going back and we're looking at those stories that if you grew up in church, they were your Sunday school stories, right? They were the ones that you did all the coloring pages about. The ones that, like the song we just sang, that when we sing about it, we know and we understand. And we're like, yeah, I know that story. But sometimes we find that when we go back as adults and we look at those stories again, they didn't stick my picture, hang on. Pastor Kid always posts the worst pictures of me. So when I saw him taking pictures, I'm like, he's taking pictures for Pastor Kid. Sometimes when we go back as adults and we look at those stories, we realize that our Sunday school teachers kind of filter them a little bit for us, right? Um, because they're kind of deep. They kind of go, wow, right? And so this morning, we're going to talk about Moses. And I know that a lot of you are going, oh, I know all about Moses. Oh, cool. That's awesome. Join me as we, you know, I homeschooled for, I think I figured it up. I think we did 12 years total when it was all said and done. And so sometimes the nerdy part of me comes up, okay? And so I'm just going to warn you, I got maps this morning, guys, okay? Um, and so we're going to look at a little bit of the geography and the topography of the story and how that affects what Moses wrote. But when we're talking about retold, you remember last week, Pastor Freddie came to us out of Hebrews chapter 11, and we call that the faith chapter, and it's where a lot of people aren't really sure who wrote Hebrews, but, but somebody who wrote Hebrews wrote down an, almost like a genealogy of faith. And last week we talked about Noah, and he was in there, and this week we're going to talk about Moses, and he's in there, but... You know, they say that some people think that Paul wrote Hebrews, and if Paul wrote Hebrews, then, then when he writes that faith journey, what he's actually doing is he's retelling something that he watched. Because if you look at the book of Acts, there's a story about a guy named Stephen. And Stephen was one of the people who came along after Christ ascended into heaven, and he became one of the next group of apostles. Because he stood up for what Christ taught, they decided they were going to stone him because he was so much like what Christ stood for. And so the leaders of the day said, you don't believe in the law of Moses, and because you don't believe in the law of Moses, we're going to stone you. And do you know who was standing there that day and watched Stephen get stoned? Paul. Only then his name was Saul, and he had a stone in his hand. Right before Stephen was stoned, he retells the genealogy of faith. It's very, very similar to that same chapter of Hebrews. And so over and over in the New Testament, we see a retelling of the stories that our faith is founded on. I researched, okay, so Paul, 
If he wrote Hebrews, he talks about Moses. Stephen talked about Moses. Did Jesus ever talk about Moses? Guys, here's the deal. Jesus didn't just talk about Moses. He talked to Moses. Okay? You'll find a story, and we can find it in four of the Gospels. If you wonder what the Gospels are, that's the first four books of what we call the New Testament. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. All those are written about the same time period of history. And they tell a story, and it's not really a story, it's an account, right? Of Jesus going to pray, and he's praying on a mountain, and while he's praying, Moses and Elijah show up. Oh, they've been dead a while. They show up, and they're standing or sitting, and this depends on whose picture you're looking at, right? And it says that Jesus talked with them. I'm like, oh, that kind of trumps if Jesus talked about Moses. He just talked to Moses, right? So Moses has to be a pretty important part of our faith story. Ironically, Moses wrote his own story. Moses is the writer of the book of Exodus. And we call it Exodus is because it's the account of the people that are his people who've been held captive in Egypt for over 400 years. There's a significance to that number. We don't have time for that today, but you can write that down in the corner and research it later, right? His people have been held captive for over 400 years in a land called Egypt, and God comes to him and says, Moses, I need you to set your people, my people, free. Pharaoh's house as a son of Pharaoh. There's a long story there, but in the midst of that, he escapes and he runs away because he did something he was, he felt bad about. And after he grows up in, he's all taking pictures again. After he grows up in the king's house, right? After he grows up in Pharaoh's house, he becomes a farmer. And he, and he spends most of his adult days farming for his father-in-law. And God comes to him and says, okay, Moses, I need you to go back to the house you grew up in, and I need you to ask for all those people that are you're related to. There's about, the Bible says there's a million men. So there's about 2.5 million people. Not that big a deal. I just need you to take them on a journey. There's a long story there, right? About seven different plagues that it takes to convince Pharaoh to let those people go. And Moses sits down and he writes the account of Exodus. Because he lived it. Now, much like when we talk about the, the letters of the New Testament, I don't think when Moses sat down to write Exodus that he went, now I need to make sure that I write this in such a way that when they read it at North Point Community Church on 4th of July weekend in 2022, that they understand this part of it, right? 
Moses was simply retelling something that was significant to them, to him, that he wanted to make sure was written down so that the next generation retold it right. And he assumed a lot of things about where he was that he thought everybody would know. Right? If you were to talk and you were to tell somebody about Beaumont, you grew up here, you understand it, and when you talk about the filling station, they used to be down on Calder Drive, and everybody goes, oh yeah, and us transplant Beaumontians are going, what are you talking about? Right? There's arroyos there now. And so Moses refers to a lot of things that as Western readers, I think sometimes we skip over because we're like, oh, I don't even know what that means, right? I don't know, that's just a lot of geography. And so we picture in our mind the story of, of Moses leading his people out and they get to the Red Sea and it's kind of like they get to the beach at Galveston, right? And they look out over this vast body of water and they look behind them and it's the big Texas sky and they say, okay, now what are we going to do? Journey with me for a minute. I'm going to take you through three pictures. We're going to blow them up, so don't freak out, okay? And I want you to know that each picture is, a, is an inset of the picture before it, okay? So we're going to start with the first picture over here. One is brown. Okay? So you see the Red Sea comes up and it has a fork at the top. If you trace history and you look at where Moses ends up with the people right before they cross the Red Sea, we're going to be over here on this little part of Egypt that juts down a little bit. I looked for a laser pointer. What I really wanted to do was get an old overhead, right? And put it up here. Remember how your teacher used to point and then block out half the picture while she pointed to whatever it was? And so the people have walked from Egypt. They've gone down around to the tip. And it tells us in the story that God tells Moses, Moses, I need you to backtrack a little bit. I need you to backtrack a little bit because I want you to go to this certain place and I want you to wait right there and I'm going to tell you what to do next. And they're going to cross the Red Sea at that little tiny part of the fork to the right because their ultimate goal is to get over there where this map, because this is the current day map, where this map says Israel. Exodus 14 tells us that God wants them to come down this way and kind of go around the back way because for them to get from where they are right there straight across, that looks pretty easy, right? They, the, it says it's just a few miles, well, you know, 45 miles, right, to get there. But there were three different enemies in that 45 miles. And so God said, well, I'm going to take you down. We're going to cross the Red Sea. We're going to go around here and come in the back door. And then you won't have to do any fighting if you'll just follow me. Now, if you know the story, you know that while they didn't have to do any fighting, they did a whole lot of complaining, right? And have you ever um, been a parent? And when your kids complain, you just make them wait, right? And you're like, well, I wanted to do that for you. But now that you're complaining, we'll just wait a little bit, right? And so they got to wait 40 years for them to go just down around and in the back door because they couldn't get their act together. So the next picture shows us this is where 
go. It's not exactly what we pictured, is it? I, I think we need to go back to the next one. So do you see where it says Egypt on this side? See that little bitty jet? That's where God asked him to go. That's not exactly like we pictured it, is it? So when the Bible says that the people get there, can you imagine 2.5 million people on this little beach? And they say, okay, Moses, what are we going to do now? We're trapped. They really are trapped. We can go to the next picture. Do you see? That's a mountain range. They've wandered through this tiny little inlet here, and they've come out on here, and the, and the Egyptians are behind them on this trail. And so when they get to here, they look and they're going, we really are trapped. And God was very specific when he said, Moses, I need you to double back. I want you to camp right there. How many times in your life have you felt like, I am listening exactly what God is saying. I know it. I feel it in my heart. I know. There have been times when I have wondered, but I know that I am walking the right path. And we set up camp, and we look around, and we go, wow, how I'm trapped. And we begin to question, like, God, is this really what you want me to do? Is this really where you want me to camp? Is this really the story that you wanted to play out in my life? Because when I look around, I don't see a lot of options here, God. It takes a long time to get 2.5 million people through that little mountain range. And if I have to go back through that mountain range, I'm going to hit the enemy. And this girl ain't made for mountain climbing. There's no way I'm going over that mountain. And God says, do you remember that I am the creator of the universe? Do you remember that I am weaving a story that only I know and understand? That what I really need you to do is lean not on your understanding, but on who I am? Because watch this. I know we keep flipping though. You're doing a great job. We're going to go back to the picture. This is where the Red Sea crossing site happened. We know that because archaeological digs have found the pillars that Solomon had erected on either side. When you do a topography study, and that's what you can see in this picture, do you see the different colored blue lines? Underneath the water right there, there is a natural... Um, earth bridge in the water. On either side of that bridge, the water gets down to over thousands of feet deep. So on day one, when God said, I'm going to create the sun, the moon, and the stars, and day two, and he says, I'm going to create the earth, and then he separates. He says, I'm going to create earth and water. When he got to this little part and he's using his fingers however you want to imagine it, he goes, oh, but wait. In 2,000 years, my people 
It doesn't make sense. Science can't explain it. God knew exactly where to direct them because, oh yes, he did part the seas. They said when you parted it here with the wind, that the walls on either side were about 100 feet high of water when it pushed back. But yet, the land bridge was there. And 2.5 million people crossed over. And with each step, God said, see, I have you. I took care of you. I knew your story. But here's the deal. They get out there on that little beach, and they say, Moses, would we not have been better off just to stay in Egypt? At least in Egypt, we would have had great burial sites. That's what they said. Because we all know the Egyptians were fine people at their funerals, right? Lots of gold and chambers and all kinds of stuff. And so they said, we could have at least stayed in Egypt and been very nice. Now we're either going to be slain here on this beach or we're going to drown. Have you ever looked at God and given him all the options that you see? And he goes, oh, yeah, that's all the options you see? Because I see a whole lot more. And God says, guys, it's, it's going to be okay. We're going to cross. Watch this. And, and Moses says, we're going to cross the Red Sea. And they go, what? And Moses is just kind of hanging out, waiting on God, right? Okay, God. God goes, Moses. And he says, yeah. You're going to have to start walking. Moses says, God, there's water there. He said, Moses, I told you, you're going to cross the Red Sea. You have a staff. Now, if you know the story of the staff, that thing's done some mighty fine stuff in the last nine months, okay? He said, just start walking. The miracle didn't happen until Moses took action. That hurts a little bit, doesn't it? How many times have we felt like we were cornered? Have we felt like the enemy has us trapped? Have we felt like, I don't know what to do next? And God says, I can allow you to walk through water. And we say, okay, God, part the water. And he says, oh, no, 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 you have to start walking. This is a faith journey. When Moses wrote the account, he said that he walks to the water's edge. He takes a step with a staff. And the moment that he does that, the water parts from one side of the Red Sea all the way to the other. And not just like muddy water parting, not just like walking through like Beaumont Swampy water, right? It says dry ground all night long. Dry ground all night long. I think sometimes we come up to our issues 
and we feel like we're trapped, and God says, we're going to walk through water, and we look at God and go, well, okay, I, we can probably walk through water, but I don't really like to get dirty, God. I'm, a, I'm not really in the mud. I, I'm not a really good swimmer. And he says, I didn't, I didn't ask you to get muddy. I didn't ask you to swim. I didn't ask you. I said, let's cross. Sometimes we forget that he takes care of all of the details, right? He takes care of all of the details. I just keep looking at that. I'm amazed. And so then I wonder. Retold and 
that's a lot of water. Ironically, the same guy who thought that this was so important that he erected pillars on either side of this crossing so that we would never forget, so that there would be altars to remind us what God did for his people. King Solomon in Proverbs wrote these words. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do. And he will show you which path to take. Even when it doesn't seem like there's a path there. God knew when he created the earth that Moses was going to need a story. God is so detailed in how much he wants to be a part of your life that he created the earth in such a way that it was a part of Moses' story. So if you're sitting here today going, I'm just a little tiny person in this great big world, and I'm not even sure if God knows I'm here. God knows your name. And he's saying, come on. Because of this story that's been retold, because of the next story that's been retold, because of the stories of faith that you have seen and watched played out, with faith, take the next step. It might not make any sense. You might be feeling a little bit trapped. Together, can we take the next step? I was honest in telling you that here I stand. Next week, next month, next year, I'm going to stand up here and tell you. You remember that day? Do you remember that day that I was standing on the edge of the water and I was really worried about the next step? Next month, next year, I want to be talking to you somewhere, someday, and you say, You remember? You remember when I was afraid to take the next step? You remember when I didn't know what it was going to look like? Do you remember when I forgot to rely on all the stories that had been retold up to that point? I took the next step. Oh! 
when the Egyptian army chases them into the water and God says, that's enough. And the wind stops. The entire Egyptian army is swept away. Do you see? They had to walk through the water so the enemy could be destroyed. That's deep. If you research this and you Google it, in recent days they've actually found pieces of the chariots and the articles in this section of the Red Sea, proving once again that these are not stories, they are accounts of history. So much of the Egyptian army was wiped out on that day that when you look at Egyptian history, it's not even recorded there because they are so embarrassed about the defeat. And the Egyptians were very proud people. And so their history only has the good parts in it. I'm thankful my history has it all. Because it's my overcoming the bad parts that prove just how good the good parts are. So today as I stand here, I wonder what the next step will be like. And I'm on the edge and God is asking me to walk through the water and I can hear the enemy behind me. It's with great faith. It's with assurance in the stories that I have heard told and retold that I know that when I take that next step, not only am I heading toward my victory, I am bringing my enemy to defeat. And I don't even have to fight. As we wrap up today, you're like, wow, Rachel, I, I've heard you preach a lot of sermons, and that one was just kind of strange. I know. Scott and I kind of argued about it all week. As a matter of fact, I think it's really kind of short, too. I mean, I'm usually a short preacher, but I think I'm, like, super short this week. But the truth of it is, is, like, I felt like God said, just lay it out there. Show them the reality of the story. Show them the geography and the topography of how this story actually happened. Let them apply it to their life. And oh, while you're at it, I want you to be really vulnerable, Rachel. I want you to show people that you don't have it all together, that it doesn't always make sense for you. And I didn't really like that part. He said, Rachel, I guarantee you there's going to be people listening who know exactly where you are. Because you know what's amazing about this story? Is it wasn't just Moses who crossed. 2.5 million people were saved. So today, as I stand on the edge of my beach and I look out across the water and God and I are going, okay, here we go, here we go, here we go. All you gotta do is take the next 
Would you take my hand? From your beach, as you look out and you wonder what the next step looks like for you, can we all do it together? You are not alone. We are on this journey together. And if the last thing you ever remember me saying is no, you are loved, believe it. God loves you so much that he took Moses through a story on an earth that he formed to make that story happen and that story got retold and retold and retold and chances are Jesus and Moses talked about it one day and then it got retold and retold until today when it got retold one more time to you. Will you meet me at Rayo's in a few weeks so we can talk about what it's like on the other side? Somebody told me there used to be a filling station there. And God worked a story so that there will be a place for me to meet you so that we can retell a faith story.
what he dropped into your heart.